Hello everyone and welcome to Big Brain Time. My name is Lauren and I will be the host of this hot mess of a podcast. Big Brain Time will focus on all kinds of psychology topics, so make sure to tune in if you come across a topic that might interest you. Today I want to talk about one of the scariest things that a person can go through, marriage. And I, in fact, am not married. And I have never been married. So today I am joined by my mother, Cheryl. So a little bit of information about myself and my guest. My name is Lauren, I am 20 years old, and I'm currently a college student at Wingate University studying psychology. My amazing mother, Cheryl, is 50 years young and is currently cohabitating. Oh, new word time. Cohabitation is when two people in a relationship live together, but they are not married. You're not married, right? Right. Thought so. So Cheryl is 50 years young and is currently in a cohabitation situation. Oh, that rhymed. And we all live here in our cozy little home. So today, I'm just going to talk briefly about what cohabitation is and then jump into the interview. So cohabitation is when two people live together, but they are not married. And this has become increasingly popular over the last few decades. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, the number of cohabiting couples increased from about 500,000 to 5 million between 1970 and 2000. And a lot of research about cohabitation focuses on younger adults. However, cohabitation is more popular among those who were formerly married, according to the National Estimates of Cohabitation by Bumpus. My mom here was formerly married to my awesome dad, who passed away when I was younger. And according to the 2010 census, one in 10 adults who cohabitate are older than age 50. Again, my mom is right on that mark as she is 50 years young. There are also some gender differences when talking about cohabitation. There are more unmarried women who are 55 and older in the world than there are unmarried men in this age group. Ask me why. Why? I am so glad that you asked. The reason for this is that men tend to go for younger women and women tend to go for older men. Older cohabitors, however, so people who live together but aren't married in case you forgot what cohabitation meant, are 60% male, according to Siobhan in the Journal of Marriage and the Family. Cohabitation frequency also fluctuates with race. In the general slash younger population, African Americans and Hispanics are especially likely to cohabitate, according to Rayleigh in the American Sociological Review. Now, something specific that I want to talk about regarding cohabitation and all these fun statistics is the frequency of cohabitation among widows in particular. My mother here is a widow and was married to my amazing dad for nine years. So according to Talbot in the Journal of Aging Studies, widows who have close friends are more interested in forming a new relationship or partnership than those without close friends. That is very interesting to me, as I would have assumed that it would be the other way around. I would think that widows who do not have many close friends would be more interested in forming a new partnership because they need that companionship in their lives. There are also some religious influences when it comes to cohabitation, which we will talk about more in depth here in a couple of minutes. Many religious organizations, denominations, whatever you want to call it, frown upon cohabitation, according to Clarkberg et al. from Social Forces, so that would be a factor to consider when looking at the statistics for cohabitation. And one more kind of driving factor that would influence not really the quality of someone's marriage after cohabitating, 
but rather the decision of whether or not to cohabitate in the first place is the presence of children and the parent's concern for the well-being of their child. Hatch and aging and cohabitation suggests that children will actually discourage their widowed mothers from remarrying. So now I want to gain some background information about our wonderful guest for our listeners today. So mom, how many years have you been widowed for? Um, and so your relationship with my dad was like really awesome, right? Right. Yes. And so how long after daddy's death did you first cohabitate with someone? Like how many years was it? Three. Three. And so tell me a little bit about that first relationship. Uh, how long did it last? Um, about a year. All right. And the quality of that? Um, was very poor. Okay. And, um, so what about your, so you had another relationship where you cohabitated, um, around what time did that start? Around what year? Um, that would be 2012. 2012, so about four years after daddy died. And, um, so how long did that one last? I know that one was a little bit longer. Um, over six years. Six years. And, um... That experience was where someone came into your own home, which you had been living in as a single parent for a little while. And um, so was this a strange situation for you? Like, was it hard for you to adapt? No, not really. So like bringing someone into your home, like, um, did you have any like concerns um, regarding sharing a space with someone? I did not. Um, I don't think I had as much concern as he did. Okay. Awesome. So, I have some questions pertaining to some other things that I mentioned earlier. So, we grew up in the Southern Baptist Church, and for our viewers who may not know, cohabiting is something that is frowned upon in Christianity and the Southern Baptist denomination especially. Um, So, this being said, did you ever feel judged by anyone inside of our church that knew about your living situation? And did that ever impact the way that you felt about cohabiting? Um... I didn't feel personally judged, but there were, it was always in the back of my mind, and um, I had hopes that that things would progress and we would eventually marry to make it um, more acceptable, but that just never happened. All right. And did you personally ever feel guilty about cohabiting for any other reason that I didn't mention? Uh, yes, because... My kids were young, and I did not want to put off the wrong impression to my kids, but I was also trying to um, to create a family, another family, um, for my kids. So I felt like I was, though I felt I was doing some wrong, I was trying to do something right also. So that was actually uh, one of my next the next thing we were going to jump into, um, at the time of your cohabitation, you did have two children living in the home. Obviously there was me. And then there was also my brother Dylan for our listeners. Um, so I was just going to ask, did you ever think differently about living with someone who you were not married to because you had children? Like how did, um, did you ever feel guilty? Um, I guess. Um, and also Dylan had multiple health issues. 
um, since you already kind of answered the first question. Um, did Dylan's health ever make you think twice about living with someone who may have not been prepared for a situation of that magnitude? Well, sure, but um, I would have known early on um, if that person wasn't able to handle and actually it was more of a help for me at the time when y'all were younger and um, he was he was able to step in and, and do a lot to help me um, financially and physically so I could continue, you know, working and raising y'all the best that I knew how. All right, so Dylan passed away in March of 2017, and at that time you were cohabiting, uh, again, within your own home, and that relationship ended up not lasting due to a variety of factors. Um, and do you think that being on your own in terms of relationship status after Dylan's death affected your grieving process? Um, no. So, like, do you think that your grieving, your emotions may have been different if you were with somebody else, or do you think that you would have gone through the motions the same way if you were in a, like a stable relationship, a romantic relationship? Yeah, that's hard to know because mm -hmm. I just haven't been in right. a stable relationship yet. So, um, on the same topic um, of cohabiting, you are currently cohabiting, and do you think that it has been good for you emotionally? Um, n no. Okay, and so going along with that, another question that just came to mind was, um, although you are not married, do you think that cohabiting has improved the quality of a relationship or has hurt it? Um, well, that's a difficult question. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know how to answer that. I, I, don't, I don't think that, I think that um, that maybe I, I moved too quickly mm -hmm. and I think a lot of that did have to do with the grieving process mm -hmm. and having fear of you know being alone and um, but you know when things don't end up being exactly what you think they're going to be then sometimes that can make, make it harder alright awesome so I am also interested to hear your opinions on how your relationship with your children was affected by cohabiting. So Dylan was cognitively and physically disabled and your relationship with him was not the norm. However, do you feel that the relationship between you and I became strained as you worked towards um, or worked through your cohabitation situation? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I don't feel like, um, I don't feel like that it was ever strained between you and I because because my kids would come first no matter what. So if um, whoever I was living with at the time, you know, had a problem with that, then um, I would put I would put your needs first before anything else. All right, and in terms of familial support and support from your friends, do you feel pressured into either cohabiting or living on your own? Um, I feel pressured in living on my own right now because my, my friends and people that know me and love me feel like that, that I probably need to do that um, 
before I jump in and make any other decisions. All right, so the big question for our listeners today is would you recommend cohabiting, living together before marriage um, for other people? Well, I think it's different for everybody, and that, that would be a hard question to answer. I think financially, it all makes sense. I know when I, um, I actually cohabitated with your dad, and my grandmother at the time was old school and did not agree with that. She didn't even wear pants. Um, she wore dresses every day. But even at that time, with her being 96 years old, she gave us the blessing to move in together mm-hmm. um, for financial reasons mm-hmm. because it's very difficult to live this day and time on your own. Um, it really takes two incomes to run a household. All right. Well, y'all heard it here firsthand. And whatever y'all decide to do, cohabitate early on or wait until you're married, always make sure that you're in a happy, safe, and healthy relationship. Make sure to tune in next time to Big Brain Time with Lauren.